Yo, and hello. What's going on, everybody? It is the Boomtown Pod, all things MMA. I am your host, Andrew Khan. You can find me at Andrew Khan, of course, once again, joined with my good friend, Sully. How are you doing today, brother? Not too bad yourself. I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh, we That's haven't good. had a podcast in about two weeks, so we've got a lot to mm-hmm. recap, and you wouldn't believe it, but in the world of MMA, a lot of shit happens in two weeks, <laughs> and uh, we got to get better at doing this whole weekly thing because I feel like we really slip out on a lot. So with yeah, that being right. said, of course, this is, of course, brought to you by the Blue Collar Media Group and the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Also brought to you by Direct West, our proud partner of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Is marketing getting in the way of running your business? Direct West has a local expert team right here in Saskatchewan that will help you build your website exactly where you imagine it. Let them help you improve your online presence and head to directwest.com to learn more. Again, I am your host, Andrew Kahn, of course. And this episode is also brought to you by our good friends over at Saskatoon's Stellar Gear, stellargear.ca. Make sure to put in the backslash boomtown10 to get 10% off of your next purchase. I mean, they've got a lot of great stuff. Ray-Bans, Oakley's, it's summertime. Fellas, ladies, you want to look fly. You got to go pick somebody up. It's probably single summer season for a lot of you. So you might as well look good doing so. Uh, my friend Sully is going to be ordering a pair of Ray-Bans uh, because, again, <laughs> it's single summer and he wants to have a ton of fun. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Sully, dude, thanks once again for jumping on, bro. Anytime, brother. Anytime. Uh, our first segment is the weekly recap. We're going to break down everything that's happened in the last, I know it's, I said two weeks, but we're going to break it down here and give you a little bit of what we have been watching as MMA fans. First and foremost, UFC fight night race versus Yuri Prochaska, um, which didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Um, I took Dominic Reyes earlier in the podcast a couple weeks ago to, to, to pull off the win after a little bit of a snide, losing to back-to-back champions and facing Prochaska, who now is in the top five category, um, mm-hmm. who absolutely put on a spectacular performance. What do you think of it, man? Uh, honestly, I definitely had Reyes going in, like just going into the first because like he's been, he's fought, he's fought nothing but top contenders or like champions really. So when I saw that, like, when I saw him get wobbled by Prohaska, like, maybe two or three times, I, start to, I started to see his, like, his spirit kind of diminish a little bit when he was yeah. sitting on the, when he was sitting on the stool. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, oh, he's so young in his, in his uh, fighting career, man, that, like, he wasn't really expecting that. You could tell. He wasn't expecting, he was actually expecting to, to go out there and, like, actually have some, I don't know, some kind of leeway on Prohaska during right. the fight. I, th- I, th- I think he should have taken him down, maybe like wrestled him down on the ground a little bit more. But yeah. it was purely just a Muay Thai kind of kickboxing fight. So... Yeah, Prochaska throws a lot of leg feints, and I think a lot of those Reyes bit in on. Um, and ultimately, obviously, Reyes got knocked out with a spinning elbow that you can check about on our Facebook page, Boomtown Pod. That was fucking wild, man. That was, was one of the craziest knockouts that I have ever seen. Um, Reyes, in, in, in all defense to him, was getting tagged and a lot. Yeah. But he would counter significantly well for how mm. much he was getting hit. Like those punches that were hitting Petroska a couple of times, I thought, Oh, there goes Petroska's legs a little. He did the old, mm-hmm. you know, the old shimmy and shake and the odd wobble. Yeah, but I thought, legs. yeah. And I was just like, well, wow, Petroska hasn't obviously been tested that hard before. And we've seen this no. so far with his, his beat down of Vulcan old Demir, And now he's beaten down Dominic Reyes, two former contenders in this division. So that leaves me to ask you when it comes to Petroska, who do you put him against next? Hmm. That's that's it. I don't know. I think he should sit, wait a little bit, and see who. I don't know. That's a little long from now. That's September. That uh, what's his name? Glover is fighting uh Bohovich, right? Correct. Yeah. That's so that's a that, that's a long layoff, my dude. So I don't even know. I'd I like honestly, to see. I answer that question. I think they have it scheduled for September that fight. So I'd like to see him mm. in the octagon, maybe in August. So we can actually see the, the ring rust come off. Um, yeah, Petroska isn't going to have any serious medical suspension. So I feel like he's going to be okay in those regards. But as for Dominic Reyes, man, this is, this is where it gets tough in the UFC because now you're a, a loser of three in a row. Uh, it's a little tough. And, um, you know, ultimately I think that, uh, He's got to go to his camp. I think he's got to figure out what's what's the next move for Dominic Reyes. I think his mm-hmm. wrestling is really, really good. I think he's really stopped doing that, which really upsets me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got powerful. He's got that powerful left hand that he loads up a ton on. 
Um, I think his defense is sloppy. And that's yes. the one thing, you know, that I really can't take Like when we saw Reyes fight John Jones, that was the best defensive fighter mm-hmm. I've seen against Jones in a long time. Yeah. I, I don't think know. That's... Go ahead. Yeah. I don't know what's happened between then and now, but it looks like Dominic Reyes is a completely lost fighter. I mean, his hands aren't up. He's getting tagged mm-hmm. in bunches. He bites on feints all the time. Um, yeah. And that's not to take away, like you said, he's he is a young fighter, so the chance for him to rebound is really there. It's yeah. just it's it's hard to see a guy that with that much talent who's lost to back to back champions, and then uh, Yuri Petroska to, you know, you go in that three fight lo- that loss, and now you're facing guys in in the 15 spot. You're facing guys in the 14, which I think Dominic Reyes is still a little bit above those guys. Oh yeah, definitely. But but I don't I don't know what's next for Dom because I don't know what makes sense until. This light heavyweight thing gets figured out at 263. I think, yeah, it's definitely his defense that he needs to work on. And I think, honestly, just seeing how he, how like his demeanor in that last fight, he leaned, he, he seemed a little too like comfortable. Yeah. Like he, thought, like he looked like he was actually enjoying the moment. I think that fighters fight better, a little bit better when they're on the, when they're on the edge a little bit, when they, like, when they know that they're in trouble. Right. That's when that's when you get the uh, the spontaneous like strikes out of them. That's when you get like right. the surprising. That's what Pro uh, Prohaska did to him. You know, with that spinning elbow, he wasn't right. expecting that at all. Not at all. You know, so I think honestly, he needs to go back to camp, take a nice like maybe eight months off, and come back. I think the best fight for him right now would be Anthony Smith. Well, and Anthony Smith's coming off a huge win, and that's who I had exactly. cited against him too. Because I think if Anthony Smith can beat Dominic Reyes, I think Anthony Smith puts himself back in right that back top in the- five. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and Smith looked phenomenal he at two sixty one. So, I mean, Anthony Smith had that jab working elusively at two sixty one. He had the kick that obviously froze Jimmy Crute, um, and, and, and literally froze him. I mean, we've, yeah. we've been seeing it more and more um, with these leg kicks. And guys going to directly to the inside of the leg to freeze your opponent because what's happening is you're seeing what's called dead leg happen more mm-hmm. and more often. I mean, we saw it with Cheeto Vera and uh, and Sugar Sean O'Malley where Sugar Sean couldn't even move. Um, and guys like that, especially Jimmy Crude, especially guys like uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley who threw a ton of kicks and and, and are quick with them. Um, and Crew was landing that leg kick significantly on Anthony Smith. So, I mean, you see that happen. It's devastating because Crew's such a warrior, and I'll give him props. They're in the middle of that corner uh, going into the second round, and he's, like, beating his chest and, mm-hmm. and, and getting the crowd fired up. And then when he took that step backwards, I was like, oh, yeah, your, your leg buckles. And he and mm-hmm. he knew, and he knew right away. And, I, and again, shout out to Crew for being an absolute warrior in there and trying to continue the fight because that's what the fans want. It's the first time that fans were back in the stands, and, and honestly, it was fantastic. Um, two sixty one was just a f- beautiful card, start to finish. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk about a little bit of this too because we're on the fight night. We're talking about Reyes losing three. Uh, I don't know where my little banner went, but we were talking about Cowboy Cerrone as well. Donald Cowboy Cerrone has lost yet another fight in the UFC, which makes it six in a row. And and you wouldn't. I, it's hard to even say that because I don't want to believe that Cowboy, one of the greatest UFC legends of all time has lost six fights in a row. Um, he made, insane, it, it is insane. And he makes a statement saying that he doesn't want to retire. He wants to go out on a winning limb. I personally, if I'm Dana White, I know Cowboy's a draw. I think this is it. It has mm-hmm. to be it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you cut Alistair Overeem at nearly the same age, and he lost one fight. You yeah. know, like... I mean, this is getting to the point now where Cowboy's living off the legacy of being Cowboy Cerrone, and that's fine. Cowboy Cerrone has earned that right. Originally, Cowboy was supposed to take on Diego Sanchez, which we'll get into a little bit later because I'm fuming about it. But nonetheless, Cowboy Cerrone ends up losing this fight. What do you think is next? Do you think he should retire? Uh, He said that like in the interview before the fight. He said, uh, regardless, win or loss, Win or lose, he's moving back down to 155, and he's going to make one more run, right? Yeah. And it's just like, man, at this point, I'm not even like looking forward to like watching him fight. Like, it's just like, it's just like, why are you doing this to yourself, man? What right. was it? He's been TKO'd in his last what two? The other one was uh versus uh I can't remember. His it name. was the McGregor shoulders. Yeah, the shoulders. But he yeah. fought someone else. Remember? Yeah, and then he got knocked out too in that one. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's been two knockouts, three knockouts, man, and it's just yeah. uh, I don't know, man. 
I think and Dana really needs to have that talk with him. I think it's over with him. I, I really think he does. Like, I know that he wants to keep fighting, but I just don't think, and this is the hardest part that I have with this because we've seen it so many times where a fighter gets released and then he goes over to Bellator. But I just think Cowboy's such a loyal guy. And I just don't see him going to Bellator. I don't think Scott Coker can offer him anything that Dana White hasn't already offered him. Um, mm. and, and that's not to take offense to Bellator. I just don't think it's the move that Donald Cerrone's going to make at this point in his career, just because again, he has lost six other guys that have left the, the organization and gone there have lost maybe two, maybe three, but yeah. not six. Um, and, and it sucks because when I was growing up, Cowboy was a warrior. He still is. He was. I mean, yep. he just doesn't have, when I watched that fight on Saturday, he just doesn't have the foot speed anymore. Mm-mm. His hand speed seems derailed. I'm His a big cow- right here, man. It doesn't move sideways. It, he has no head movement. Yeah, he's literally a walking. He's literally a walking knockout. If you wanted to, yeah, I man, mean, honestly, and it's tough. So, I mean, ultimately, uh, much love and respect to Cowboy Cerrone. I just think that this needs to be the end of Cowboy. I, I hope he really goes to. I hope he goes back to Jackson Wink. And mm-hmm. can be a great coach because I feel like the heart that guy has has nothing but MMA in it, and yeah. and I think with his newborn, his family, um, the ranch, and all that kind of other stuff, I think he's going to be okay when it comes mm-hmm. to the after fight life. Um, and I really, really, really pray that he ends up being a coach at, at Jackson Wink because I think that would be awesome. I think it's a tremendous move, and they've got such a relationship with those mm-hmm. two. Um, kind of like you just said, uh, he's kind of living off that cowboy name. Yep. And to be honest, man, people don't really care how much he loses. We still, we're still gonna love Cowboy. You we're know? gonna he watch his lose. fight. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, bro, honestly, kind of like Robbie Lawler. He's kind of living. Robbie's still living off of his name a little bit. Yeah. And he's lost his last four. You know, and it's just yeah. like that's when you know you're at a legendary status where you literally have nothing else to prove for the sport, man. Well, that's- and that leads me that leads me to our next topic. Obviously, I was talking about a little bit before. Speaking of Jackson Wink, former guys, uh, Diego the Nightmare Sanchez, um, in probably one of the craziest stories that you're ever going to see when it comes to the UFC. Uh, this was probably the craziest release that I've ever seen happen in the history of the, the basically all in MMA. That's what I'm mm-hmm. going to say. Um, if you don't know Diego Sanchez, Ultimate Fighter one season guy. Um, he's been in, what was it? 40, 40 some professional MMA fights all under the UFC banner. Mm -hmm. Incredible run that he's had, um, was supposed to actually fight Cowboy Cerrone on this fight card that we were speaking about. Um, and it got pulled from underneath us. And I thought I I actually texted Silly and I said, well, that seems weird because like two days ago he was on MMA junkie and they were literally pumping his tires. Like they were like, you know, our friend James Lynch actually, uh, actually had him on his, his show and they were doing a backyard interview and Diego seemed fine. I was mm. like, okay, Diego's like, yeah, training's going well. All this stuff's going really, really well. And I was like, okay, that seems odd. And then two days later, he just is like, yeah, we're not going in the fights. But anyways, he has this manager. Okay. And I'm not going to name his manager because he's a fucking black guy on the sport of MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that don't know, Diego Sanchez did train under Jackson Wink, didn't want to go there anymore, just wasn't feeling that he was a top priority at his age, and he had lost a couple fights to that point. So, I, I mean, they were trying to move on. They were focused mm-hmm. on other fighters, and that happens in the game. That happens in the sport, okay? You grow old. You, you kind of lose the training. I mean, that's just how it goes. Who's next, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, Diego, in the weirdest way, then a week later decides that he's dropping out of the fight. And then the UFC releases him. He asks to be released from the UFC. And I'm like, that seems really fucking fishy because Diego's not a quitter. You know, like Diego's for what we know, the Diego Sanchez, the nightmare or the dream, whatever he wants to go by that Mm -hmm. week was one of the top recognized guys in the sport. He was ready to retire after this fight, no matter what. So I was like, okay, this seems really weird that he's not drawing out because of injury. He's not doing anything. And then we see the videos. Yeah. Then we see the fucking videos that his manager drops and they are the worst thing to happen to MMA. It's the worst thing to happen to Dana White because Dana White now has to do damage control for a guy who's been in the octagon for 20 years. Yeah. I mean, Dana White's getting accused of sleeping with staff and fighters, which come the fuck on. We already know he probably was. I mean, it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me. But isn't Dana married? He's got a wife and everything. Yeah, Dana's married. I'm not shitting on Dana White, but I mean, 
if it was happening earlier in the careers of a young Diego Sanchez 20 years ago, then fucking so be it. I mean, mm-hmm. it is what it is. I, 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 I have no say on that. But what I do have a say on is the way that his management held this. So basically, if you don't follow Diego Sanchez, make sure to go do so because it's fucking entertaining none the least. <laughs> on Instagram, they blasted the UFC. On Twitter, they blasted the UFC by posting videos of them being in the locker room before his last fight against, I believe it was, who was his last fight against? Mickey Gall? No, it was Mike, uh, Matt Brown. Matt Matt Brown, Brown? yeah, Matt Brown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so Dana and and the crew are really worried about Diego because it looks like CTE is very real in Diego Sanchez's world. 100, 100%. And so the UFC is doing their due diligence, going into the locker room saying, hey, listen, if if you don't want this, We'll call it. We, you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it. And that's just giving Diego the fighter an option to be like, hey, okay, we don't we don't need this anymore. Like, I, yeah. I made a ton of money. The UFC doesn't owe me anything. We don't need this. Dana White especially doesn't need another fucking fighter on his list of people that are going to have CTE problems in the future. And can need from Ponzinibbio or uh, the other guy. Yeah, yeah, no, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, it's just a, an, an unnecessary look at this point for them. But what I will say is uh, this is the craziest part. So we fast forward to the weekend, and it's right before the Cerrone fight happens. I check my Twitter. I'm like, okay, Diego Sanchez just posted a new video with his fucking dumb trainer. And I was like, what's what's happening here? Okay, so they're showing you the effects of how CTE works. So Diego Sanchez is literally hanging, (laughs) hanging upside down. Getting punched and fucking slapped in the face with zero defensive technique. What is happening? Oh, my God. What is happening? I think at this point, I think Fabius, uh, I think he's, I think he understands where he's at right now in the limelight. And I think he's doing whatever he can do to run with it. Nobody, no other promotion is going to give him a, a Diego a contract. So he's kind of just like, I, just, I can't even wrap my head around the whole situation, man. Just like the videos and everything. It's just him, the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Yeah, him confronting the staff members and things like that. And like the accusations. I, I'm actually surprised that Dana White didn't sue him already for defamation. Uh, defamation character. character. Yeah, like that's 100. <laughs> he could definitely take I think he wanted to, but he had no idea how to do it because the other guy yeah. is so freaking stupid. But like – yeah. I mean, the other the other problem that I have with this again is that they're calling out all these other like I don't I don't want to say organizations and stuff to sign them. Diego, no one's gonna fucking take you because no. they got a nightmare of a management group, my friend. You are a legend of the sport, and I know that again, CTE and Diego is a very real thing; it goes hand in hand. But he needs to drop his management asap. And I mm. think I speak on behalf of the entire MMA world 100%. when I say the world of MMA is much better. Without that fucking shit stain mm-hmm. of a of a of a trainer, like this guy's known for hot yoga, <laughs> the school of awareness or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, this, they had like this weird video that he posted too of this Diego's school of awareness with this Josh whatever the fuck his name is because I don't want to say it on this podcast because I won't because it's a swear no. word. Yeah. So every time I swear, <laughs> that's me saying his last name. Um. But nonetheless, man, I just think it's a joke. I think Diego Sanchez is far better off dumping management. Even if he does, I just want to see Diego not necessarily fight, but be on good terms with an organization that gave him a shot since day fucking one. And like the funny thing is that I actually just finished watching an interview with um, Misha Tate and she was talking about that. And she realized at a very young time in both of their careers, because they both came up together, she realized that like, Diego is kind of like very easily, uh, what's the word, influenced. Yeah. And like, especially with that CTE and everything, man, and yeah. just like his character. And you could clearly tell that Fabia is like 100% a narcissist, you yeah. know, just the way he makes everything about himself. And it's narcissists that actually attract themselves to people that are like easily susceptible to manipulation and shit like that. Right. So like, it's literally two peas in a pod, my dude. Like, and when and when he so on these videos, these Instagram live videos that Diego was posting, there was one where they actually called. They were in the the meeting of of fighter broadcast, and this is what happens. So for those that don't know how what goes on behind the scenes of of a fight card, 
essentially what happens is the fighters will go in a room with the commentators that night or, or, or that day. And they'll talk about some of their career highlights, some of the stuff that they want them to talk about. And John Anik is an, a constant professional when mm. it comes to making sure the fighters come first. I've never heard John Anik favor anybody. He just tells you what it is. You can listen to Joe Rogan sometimes, and he's a fucking homer. DC at times can be a homer, but John Anik yeah. is a constant professional on how to call fights. The upsetting part that I have with this is the fact that Diego's team goes into the room with Paul Felder, who is a UFC member, and was saying that they were discriminating against Diego's legacy and that they were tarnishing his legacy by talking bad stuff about him. And Paul Felder said, what the fuck are you talking, talking about? about. <laughs> that is the best God, quote, dude. the best quote of all those videos because Paul Felder is a straight up dude. And I like yeah, Paul Felder a lot. I think he's a great fighter and he's a great commentator. Him and DC do a phenomenal job when they're together, even when Bisbing mm -hmm. does it with them. They're he's all the people's champ of the UFC right now. Yeah, for sure. And it's really fun to watch. And I just wanted to say, like, it's just the biggest problem that I have with that is that after the video kind of pans away, you see John Anik come back into the room. John Anik's mm -hmm. not even there. He took a water break because he was tired of this fucking mm -hmm. guy's shit. So Anna comes in and, and Diego's basically lighting him up and is like, well, why don't you say this about me? And, and you can hear Anik being like, Diego. I've never said anything bad about you. Mm -hmm. I've respected your career. You're a legend of the sport. I've never said anything to def like basically defame your character. I just, I I'm calling it how it is. Like if you get knocked mm -hmm. out, I'm, I'm going to say, Oh, you know what I mean? And John Anik got absolutely railroaded. So shout out to John Anik because he is absolutely one of the best in the game to ever do mm -hmm. it. Um, and, and when Mike Goldberg left, there was a glaring hole in the UFC for a very long time. And John Anik took the reins and absolutely crushed it. So John Anik, if you do listen to our podcast, I, I, I want John Anik on here one day. 100%, I think he is, that would be so dope. He is one of the greatest constant professionals. I myself am looking into getting into commentating when it comes to the UFC or just mm. MMA in general. I want to do some promotional fight cards and, and do stuff like that. But he is the reason I want to do that because he is, an absolute constant professional, but nonetheless, I hope Diego Sanchez, um, I, I, it's probably going to be years away. He's going to get inducted into the hall of fame. There's no doubt. Oh, yeah, about 100%. It. Um, but I hope it's at least 10 years away. I, I, I don't, mm -hmm. I, I would have said that after his next fight, put him in the hall right away. But now with that tarnished legacy, man, we're looking at probably 10 years away from him being in. And that's so unfortunate because Diego, whether you like him or not, was such a, a massive draw for the UFC for so mm -hmm. many years. So, Diego, drop your fucking bad habit manager. Please come back in 10 years and let's get you the proper introduction into the Ceremonial Hall of Fame that you rightfully deserve. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> that <was laughs> fired up. Uh, yeah. The last UFC fight night that we had, speaking of Reyes and Prochaska, the night of this last weekend, um, we had just what was pretty much COVID crazy outbreak on every single fight that was supposed to happen. Um, it started with uh, Amanda Rebus and Angela Hill. I was really excited for that fight. Sam. Uh, Rebus has become one of my favorite uh, women fighters. I think she's just so fun to watch. There's not a glaring hole that I've seen so far, maybe defensively a little weak, but I mean, she's going to face Angela Hill in this car. And I was really, really excited about it. Um, should the UFC be worried right now, just with like the apex and, and things kind of going gravitating towards fans? No, I don't think so. I think they should run with it right now. We're like, while we can, because things can change the next three, four months to a year. So I, I think if we could take advantage of this moment and have as much fans as possible, because we have another huge co card coming up in June. Yep. And that's with uh, McGregor and uh, Poye. And like that card is absolutely stacked, my dude. So like there 100% is going to be fans there for that one. I think the, uh, I think what they're doing right now is perfect. They're like, they're they're screening fighters. Be once they get back or once they get to the hotel, and then they're screen and then they're making them quarantine for fourteen days, and then they have to screen after that as as well. Yeah. So I think they had the perfect procedure, and it's been working so far. But for the most part, we still got fighters like dropping out of fights, like literally like day of the fight. Yeah, because they're getting they're catching COVID and shit. So I think that proves that the system works, and I don't think we need to fix what's not broken. Our total fight counter uh, so far from COVID cancellations is at 14. So I feel like in a year, in some so far, 14 missed fights, that's not 
too shabby at all. I mean, yeah, that's not bad. We've seen a lot of hockey games get postponed. We've seen a lot of NBA games get rescheduled. We've seen a ton of other stuff. So, I mean, generally 14 fights. I mean, 28 fighters. They didn't get their fight that night. Whatever. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. But the other thing that we want to talk about, about this last fight card too, uh, such a scary encounter when this happens, but weight cutting is such a serious thing, folks. And I, and if you don't believe me, watch the YouTube video of this man, Ryan Benoit's scary encounter with uh, weight cutting. He was getting ready to fight at 125. That's a natural weight for Ryan Benoit when he fights. Uh, weighed in at 129 pounds and is it's very scary. His entire team had to hold him up um, and they were basically making sure that he didn't fall over. Uh, they were trying to get the weigh in. Um, and you could just see that he was just, it almost looked like he was ready to die. Like it was, they, they needed to help him up the staircase and yeah. down the staircase. That was a huge telling point for me. And not to mention, I remember, I remember, uh, Julia Solorenko when she collapsed on, the, yeah, collapsed twice. Yeah. It's like, how do you not understand that this is not good for the fighters? You know, it's like, I don't understand why they, it, that's still something that they have to go through. They have to go through a rigorous weight cutting session yeah and then they have to fight literally 18 hours after 24 hours after that and it's just and like they're just crushing pedialyte like it's it's fucking like it owes it <laughs> like it owes the money just to get the <laughs> the electrolytes back in their systems like if you yeah, think man. that i've had actually I had somebody ask me the other day about that what are they drinking after weigh-ins it's pedialyte they're, yeah. they're drinking pedialyte guys it's basically just to restore their body of all of the the electrolytes and fluids that they literally drain in a weight mm-hmm. cut um I'm on the fence right now with how this should be handled. Ryan Benoit is a constant professional. Um, he's a UFC vet almost essentially after a couple fights. Um, but I think when you know that realistically you're going into a fight that you got to be at 125, this is where your nutrition comes in huge mm-hmm. as well. If your camp knows that you're a little heavy going into that week, they got to be dumbing down a little bit on on what you're intaking, um, less sodium and stuff like that, obviously. Uh, water retention when you're cutting is huge. Um, but I think tapering off at a certain time during the camp, like a week before taper off and just kind of slowly. So he's not using all of his energy. I also think that the one thing I would like to see is the, um, UFC go up into increments of 10, uh, Mm -hmm. for different weight classes. I think you have success obviously with your structure of, you know, your one seventies, your one eighty fives, your two Oh fives. I would like to see things at one sixty. I would like to see things at 180 i would yeah. like to see things at two 210 or even give the fighters a little bit more leeway because you know how like if a fighter makes weight by like 170.5 1.7 pounds are allowed to or 0.7 pounds sorry you're allowed to be around stretch that over like three you know yeah. or even just yeah. like it gives them a little bit more leeway you know a little bit more neck room so they can breathe at least and fucking live to fight yeah i mean that's the other thing too you got to remember when you're doing weight cuts you're cutting off basically every flow to your brain i mean that's why people faint right that's why people Mm -hmm. are collapsing oxygen to the brain has been basically seared um and ryan benoit honest honest to god ryan benoit like i said constant professional i just really hope that he's okay um they're obviously the fight that was supposed to happen with benoit got cut there's no longer that fight on the card from last weekend. And and I mean, rightfully so. You saw how he was standing. I wouldn't want to put my guy in, in the octagon looking like that at all. Who um, was he supposed to fight that fight? I uh, can't remember. I, I'm just glad it didn't happen. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, no matter who he was taking on, that was scary. Um, it's the second time in like the last two months I alluded to with the other lady that collapsed twice. I mean, it's getting to the point now where I think Dana has to look at maybe opening up some options, some different categories. Um, maybe get rid of the women's 145 and 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 move mm-hmm. a, a men's 145. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's just there's gotta be something where people are having a happy medium where it's like, hey, I can't make comfortably, I can't make 155, but if you put me at 165, mm-hmm. I can make that. Give me that. Because I think too many guys are risking their lives for this, and we've seen it over and over again. Um, where it's just, you know, guys are gonna miss weight. You know, last a couple months ago, a guy was like six pounds over which is the highest of all time in UFC. But again, your body just weight cutting's hard. It's so it fucking is. hard on your organs, on your body. It's just, it's not good. Like if you want to lose six pounds in a day, you watch guys that do it like a Oh my God, man. Yeah. And they're not getting younger. These fighters, man. So like no, the, the no, no, longer no. they're in that sport, the, the more their body just holds on to that, 
to the water and everything that they're that they're cutting as well and just oh man i think if they just make like like if they actually just make like a good category from like like just make a, a catch weight division right you know just a catch weight division where you can kind of just meet up at what what uh whatever weight that you're actually comfortable at like, yeah whatever that's 160 160 let's fight at 160 yeah 175 you know meet me at 175 you know that needs to happen man and it's got to be communicated i think it's got to be communicated with the fighters too i mean if you're Mm -hmm. having a hard camp and you're really hard up right now for trying to lose weight i think or cut weight i think you really need to talk to the other management team over on the other side for the fighter and be like listen for instance, McGregor and Poria. I'm just using this as a, a figurative. Mm-hmm. But if Connor says, "Hey, listen, like I'm having a really hard time getting to 155, and, and I'm three weeks away from the fight, which we all know is the time to cut weight," that person should just contact management and be like, "Hey, if you are okay with this and Dana's fine with 160, can we meet at 160? Because I feel like I can be okay there, and I'm not draining my body, and we can still put on a performance for the fans." Mm-hmm. I think that's something that really should be implemented. Don't they like right before the fight? Don't they like rehydrate and aren't they allowed to eat? And then they they're based so they're basically fighting at their natural weight anyways. Yeah. So um, initially, what happens? Is a fighters are allowed twenty percent of their body weight back. So if you are, let's say for instance, I know that like you see guys in the UFC or heavyweight division. I'm just going to use that, and I'm going to use I'm going to use the, uh, Francis here. Because Francis cuts down to 265, but when he gets into the octagon, I would say he's probably 285 to 290. Yeah. But they're allowed to be. After you, All you have to do is make weight, right? All you have to, like Anthony Smith, another one of those lanky guys who fights at, yeah, one of those guys who fights at 185, who's six foot three and could probably fight at 205 or, no, is he at 205, 185? I can't remember. No, he's a light heavyweight. Yeah, he's he's 205. So, Mm. I mean, if he fights at the division, I mean, Anthony Smith is a big guy. He could probably fight a heavyweight tomorrow if he wanted to. I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, some of those fighters, again, Anthony Smith is a great example because he's a lanky guy, six foot four. He's a really tall guy for that division. That mm-hmm. wake up must be insane. But nonetheless, um, I'm hoping that fighters going forward are going to be okay with weight cuts. It's just so fucking scary, man. And I hope that yeah, in our foreseeable future, in the next few years, we see some new divisions open up for guys 100%. that uh, struggle with that. Um, this weekend, we're going to keep going with what we saw this past weekend. The Pauls, baby. Wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't get to bring it up, if they weren't mentioned, if they weren't hyped in some gassed way. But this time, this time's going to make everyone happier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jake Paul, obviously, we all know, just beat Ben Askren. Little brother Logan is going to be fighting Floyd Mayweather in an exhibition match coming up here. Um, obviously, won't count against Floyd's record who's still going to remain 50 and 0 it's an exhibition match if you don't know how that works that's how it works i think that's why he took the fight so he can get a paid a bunch of money and uh, not have a diminished record if it happens to happen um but logan paul and them were supposed to have a face off uh, getting ready for the fight and jake paul puts his head into the fucking fight realm and as it has nothing to do with him right this no. is what the pauls like to do they like to get in your face they like to be cocky arrogant little bitches because they fought nobodies and have wins over nobodies and, and logan lost to ksi so i feel like out of all people floyd mayweather might have been the worst challenger he could have ever asked um yeah. but nonetheless if you haven't seen it watch it but essentially what happened was jake sarah at the press conference doesn't need to be looks at Floyd and says, you want to fight somebody, fight me. And Floyd's like, name the place and time, motherfucker. I'll fight call you. Any day. Like, call, call, my manager. <laughs> yeah, call, my, call, call his manager. We'll make it happen. homie. I ain't scared. You got to remember Floyd Mayweather might be one of the greatest defensive boxers of all time, but this guy is also a thug. Yeah. He's from the streets. He does some gangster ass shit to some gangster yeah. ass people. And he's a true gangster. So I was like, okay, this is going to get fucking bad. If he does something stupid here and you see Floyd's team behind him, there's not a guy that's under six foot five and 280. And I'm like, this doesn't seem like a good idea. So no. Jake Paul opens his mouth and he's like, call my manager. He's like, oh, I need to call your manager. I'm stuck. I'm right here. I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. And, then he, and then he drops the single fucking dumbest line. I've heard six year olds at playground say to their friends, we got your hat. And then he runs <laughs> away. I'm supposed to be uh... sitting here getting geared up for one of one of my favorite fighters to make a return after his retirement mm-hmm. against Conor McGregor, who he beat the shit out of. Yeah. I'm getting excited. I'm like, yes, Floyd's back. He's got the beard. He looks like the old man. I'm like, let's, <laughs> let's go. F- Floyd's got the bad hair going on. You know? <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, old man Floyd ready to fuck shit up. 
And then mm-hmm. what happens? He goes, got your hat, and he runs away. Well, Floyd, being Floyd Mayweather, being the gangster, was like, uh-uh, homie, not yeah. on my watch. And grabs him, and, and you can actually see it. He like grabs him by the face and gets a couple in yeah. there. Yeah. And, and Jake Paul, his nose busts open. He's got two bruises under his eyes. He has a cracked tooth. Uh, man, Floyd Mayweather is a fucking gangster. You want to do gangster shit to gangster people? Get ready, homie. Floyd Floyd is is no no shrub, man. I, and and this is the the problem that I have with this is Logan goes after this is all said and done. The guy that Floyd Mayweather is facing, Logan goes, "Oh, hey, man, uh, uh, what did he do this time? Come the fuck on! You were just part of this scrum, and then you ask him what he did this time. I don't know. Touch the guy's hat like you're a four year old. He even said like that like that was all premeditated. He asked him." You know, he t- he told Logan that he was going to do it. And Logan was like, oh, I don't think you should do it. And of course, being the dumb little brother, he did it. And, and even after that, he was trying to protect him. Like, he's like, no, man, that's my brother. If that was me, you know, I'd be like, fuck that. You know, it's just like, and not to mention just the, I think Jake needs to steal the limelight from like, just, just from Logan. To be, and, and yeah, that's what I needs too. to be. He needs to be the like the, the talk or the point uh, the the center of attention all the time, you know. So he's got that going for him. But like I think he's I think he's genius in the way that he like attracts the attention, you know. Now I he's mean, making merchandise for that shit. Now yeah, we're talking like, we're talking about it, right? And that's mm-hmm. what he wants is people talking about the fights. I mean, but the, at the end of the day, we're not supposed to be talking about Jake Paul. Exactly. We're not. We're supposed to be talking about his brother. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's and that's the difference. And I mean, Jake has done what he's done. And and granted, right on. Good for you, Jake. You caught Ben Askren, who can't throw a fucking punch to begin with, anyways. Well done. Yeah, yeah, you, you knocked out Nate Robinson, who's five foot fuck all and has never fought or put on a pair of boxing gloves in his life. Congratulations, well done. But KSI has beat Logan, so I'm like, a YouTuber already beat you, and you're gonna take on the greatest defensive technical boxer of all time. Yeah, who I should mention is fifty and zero, who's never lost, and you think that your brother taking his hat didn't just fuel Floyd's fire? <laughs> you know, I remember uh, growing up when, uh, let's say, like, let's say you had beef with like, like a set of siblings or whatever, right? And if you're if the if the younger brother was, especially it's usually the younger brother, they would always be the one talking shit. Yeah, and if the younger brother was too young for you to beat the hell out of you would beat the shit out of their older brother that's exactly right. how it worked so like that's exactly how it's going to work in the fight i feel little brother yeah he's yeah he's going to take the punishment for all of that and i actually can't wait to see it i think honestly i think at the end of the day floyd's going to mop the absolute floor with logan mm-hmm. paul uh mm-hmm. logan does have some power i'll give yeah. him that it's been three years or two years since he fought ksi or whatever the hell yeah. it was it's been it's a gonna while be starstruck in that ring he's not going to know what to do He's going to be like, holy shit, that's Floyd. And now I got to fight him for like, what, 12 rounds? They have, yeah. I No, I think it's uh, an eight, eight round or whatever okay. the hell it is. That's, that's still insane. Man. Still, I wouldn't go eight rounds with the guy who's 50 and 0, and now you just pissed off. Because <laughs> you're going to come out swinging because you know you got to defend yourself, and Floyd's exactly. just going to play that trap game like he always mm-hmm. does, and then he's going to beat the everlasting shit out of you. That's yeah. just what Floyd does. Um, mm-hmm. But I am looking forward to that fight as well. Um, I'm just excited to see Logan Paul get knocked the fuck out. You're hearing it here. Fourth round, he's going to be done for. Um, I'm going first three rounds are going to be defensive boxing Floyd style. Um, Logan isn't Jake. And I, and I say that in the nicest terms, but Jake Paul is, he's becoming a boxer. I mean, mm-hmm. Jake Paul is on his way to becoming a boxer. He's not a boxer yet because he hasn't faced a name that's there. He's calling out guys from MMA still. And then pussying out when MMA guys are like, come to my fucking world. Yeah. You're a coward, Logan yeah, Paul, Jake yeah. Paul is what you are. Like Kamara, he called out Kamara Usman and said, Hey, if you want the biggest payday of your career, come over here. And I don't know if you guys watch what Kamara Usman just did to Jorge Masvidal, knocking the fucking sweat of beads off that boy's dome. <laughs> Jake, you, not, don't, you don't want that smoke. Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm telling you. And like the post that he made about his daughter as well. Like, yeah posting his daughter like that i was like dude he's crossing i think it was matt sarah that said this he's like he's gonna hit a certain level like a certain level where he can't come back from no you know he, he's like where the people are just like 
people are going to catch him on the street and knock him the fuck out. You know, oh, yeah. it's just like, and apparently he uh, offered to fight uh, Mike Bisping. Yeah. And they actually, their cats, their cats were talking. He was like, no, bro, you ain't, you ain't paying enough to fucking step into the octagon with you. Bisping hates the balls too, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And, oh man, that would just be awesome to see though. It's the thing is Mike Bisbang, he retired. He's got a glass eye. Like it for him, it just is it doesn't make any sense for the, no. the fight that I keep telling people if you want this fight to happen, the fight to make is Tyrone Woodley. Mm-hmm. Like You're Tyrone right. Woodley doesn't have a contract with any organization right now. Tyrone Woodley has a chance to maybe get a guest feature on a on a rapper if he makes $10 million for his shitty albums. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, he can he can go in there and and box and make fucking $20 million. And and, and Tyrone Woodley's a gangster too, man. Yeah. He don't care. Yeah. He'll no. do anything. Like and I, I think that's still the fight that if Jake Paul wants an MMA fighter with heavy hands, face Tyrone Woodley because he will knock you the fuck out. That's a guarantee right now. You know what's unfortunate though? I actually don't see Tyron Woodley winning that fight. That's crazy. You're high. I don't. <laughs> no, I'm completely sober. Indi- Indica or Sativa? Which one are you on right now? <laughs> I'm on sober. <laughs> oh, man. I actually don't. I don't see him. I don't know why. I just. I don't know, man. I just don't see him winning that fight for some reason. I can't even give you, like, the breakdown. But Speaking of knockouts, let's go into this next one. Bellator 258. Rumble, baby. Rumble. Anthony Rumble Johnson makes his return after years of being away from the octagon, comes in, gets clipped in the first round, just about gets knocked out, plays defensive mm-hmm. little brother, as we just talked about, <laughs> plays plays little brother, takes a couple shots, revives himself, second round comes around, and fucking in typical Rumble style, heavy hands just dominated. And I will say this, Anthony Rumble Johnson looked the best shape he's ever been in. It's almost like he's never left. Honestly, it wasn't. It was nuts. It was honestly, honestly, it was almost just like just watching him fight. It was like watching his last fight, but like Anthony Rumble times 10. Yeah. I, I didn't really see much of the hiatus, man. I didn't see any of the uh, the ring rust or anything. And he got caught in the first with, uh, I think it was a uh, overhand, right? It was an overhand right to the jaw. His hand was down. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just that, man. Seeing how, like, seeing that he still had his wits about him and that he was able to, like, defend himself, he immediately got to the fence and started blocking himself and was able to recover from that. That's, that's like, one of the best, biggest tells that, like, okay, this fighter might be old. He might be getting old, but he still has his wits about him. He still has the ability to defend himself when he's in trouble and the ability to unload when he is in trouble as well. You know, that's when, you know, he still has it and he could still make a run for the title. I believe. Yeah. I do. I believe that he has a really good shot in this Bellator, this Bellator grand prix. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. He's going to face, um, Shomarov next, which is going to be, of course, for the title. Uh, and then the way this works folks is that Shomarov could lose this title. Even if he, if he loses this grand prix, like any matchup he's in, his title is on the line. Mm-hmm. So he will face rumble. Um, I think this is going to be a crazy good fight. Uh, I think I think Rumble offers a little bit more than Phil Davis just did, yeah. um, and I think that Rumble's got those sure mitts that just are fire. And uh, yeah, man, I am I am really, 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 really looking forward to Rumble. Um, get a little bit more of that rust off because he did yeah. look rusty to start off that fight. Um, his de- his defense, like I said, he got clipped and he just looked mm-hmm. a little sloppy for my liking, mm-hmm. especially from a guy who's been away um, and has lost a tremendous amount of weight too because yeah. Anthony Rumble Johnson was actually bodybuilding for the past four years. And Fat probably, and happy, you said. Yeah, he, sa- he said he weighed in at 285 was his heaviest. So this guy was fighting this weekend at 205 and he originally weighed 285 a couple years ago. Ew, Fucking nuts. Man, his knockouts look devastating like when he hits when he knocks opponents out i'm worried for them like they're just like the glover to share a knockout yeah bro to this day i thought glover him. Teixeira died like yeah, i literally thought his spirit left the building like because like glover's been knocked out by a uppercut like that before by uh alexander i think yep and then yeah to get it repeated 
times yeah. times ten. I mean, Rumble's <laughs> Rumble's got cement mitts, man. Like he hits you, he and does. it's it's fucking devastating. Like mm-hmm. he, um, yeah. I think this, this, this Grand Prix has been really really fun for Bellator. I think it's been an amazing event so far. Um, I really like what they do, and I really wish the UFC when we have long waits. Uh, away from guys who are coming back on title hunts and stuff like that. I really wish they would set up Grand Prix like this. I know they never will because mm. there's just so many good fighters in these divisions. Um, but man, Scott Coker and the gang really understand it. And it's it's fun to watch. Uh, all right. So that brings us into segment two. This is called The Future. It's brought to you by Stellar Gear, like we talked about a little bit earlier in the Center Mall in Saskatoon. If you want to go get some great fashion, go see those guys. They have everything from jeans, T-shirts, uh, Rock Revival, um holy christ metal militia uh D- dsg they've got stomp down killers gear if you're uh if oh, you're a shit. big fan they got everything and the best part dan and the crew stock for us big boys too all right <laughs> so if you have i float on the xl but hey if you're somebody who's a 2x 3x 4x 5x all the way up to 6xl Dana and the crew got your stuff there at Stellar Gear. Again, if you want to get some stuff now, stellargear.ca backslash boomtown10. That's going to get you 10% off your purchase. They do do curbside delivery if you live in Saskatoon. If not, they ship it throughout Canada. So there you go. Uh, Dana and the crew have been tremendous to us with giveaways and stuff like that too. So shout out to our friends over at Stellar Gear. With that being said, it is the future. And this weekend is the future in the lightweight division. UFC 262, Mike Chandler versus Charles Oliveira. Both guys monsters in this division i am so happy with this matchup i cannot wait two wrestlers that's the crazy part of this two yep. incredible wrestlers who both have very underrated striking as we have both very much seen mm-hmm. throughout the courses of their career for the lightweight title obviously habib Nurmagomedov said that he is now done with the ufc there was no negotiations no structures obviously there's no hard feelings because habib was in you know doing commentary with dana and all those guys so obviously the the the, the mutual split was very good for both of the teams so that freed up the lightweight title which now is going to be on a uh, full display with 17,000 fans um michael chandler coming over from bellator best move of his career Looked unbelievably great against Dan Hooker, who was in the top five at that point. Um, and for Dan Hooker, that was a really hard fight and a risky fight for him to take because yeah. you lose that placement um, mm-hmm. if you if you end up losing that fight. Charles Oliveira is on a murderer's row of people who he has beaten. A nine-fight winning streak right now um, and quietly, quietly, yeah. under yeah. the radar, underappreciated how damn good this guy is. Um this this is and and oh i just see a comment here from cole smithing just skipped over mvp crazy that man deserves respect listen mvp oh yeah oh my lanta yeah venom page i can't believe i skipped this on my notes but you good good call cole thank you for tuning in man Mm. michael venom page is on another worldly level yeah Um, the moment i I saw that weigh in i was just like oh fuck why are you guys giving him an uh, i don't want to call him a can but Another like, can, you know, can <laughs> figuratively because he did kick mm. that can's face completely in half. <laughs> uh, if you don't think that we're, if you don't believe us on how this man's face look, go to our Boomtown pal, uh, Pod Facebook page. You can actually see Venom's kick and where his nose broke. Um, mm. The other person's nose was essentially in half. Um, yeah. And Cole brings up a great point: Page versus Liam a rematch. Who you like? Yeah. Liam is such a stud, and, I, yeah, and, I'm, I, and I'm having such a hard problem with this because I think Paige does bring him some issues. Um, I don't know how much better Venom is now uh, as compared to their first time, but oh, Liam is such a monster, man. Yeah, yeah. That was a beautiful knockout, man. Got him on the ground, cracked him once Just in a job. Just cracked him. Uh-huh. Uh, it's never I, been finished like that. I'm, I, I have Lima. I, I have Lima, too. Lima is like, just one of my go-tos. If Michael Venom wins, not surprised. I mm-hmm. mean, if he if he ends up pulling this off and his camp has made him a little bit better with the wrestling overall, um, because Lima is a, a force on the ground as well. I yeah. mean, he's just a all around monster. I, I I'm it's going with Diego Lima. I, I see this not lasting more than two rounds. Yeah. Um, but getting back into 262, Chandler Oliveira. Um, I'm going with Michael Chandler in this. I just think the UFC has invested so much in Quest. Um, and I, I think honestly, watching him face Hooker, he didn't even look rattled. I mean, a no. lot of guys would look at Dan Hooker, who's the tallest guy in that division, and be like, "I got to face this guy who can kick mm-hmm. me sideways if he wanted to." And he got in, he shot, got 
Got a takedown, brought him back up, knockout. Like, I mean, it was just perfect. But Charles Oliveira, man, just beat Tony Ferguson. He's beaten fucking everybody in that division. So I'm going to Chandler just on the fact that I think that the momentum's there. I think Iron Mike is just on another level. Um, and I think he's been motivated since he left Bellator uh, because this is what he wants. I yeah. mean, this is what he's dreamed of his whole life was to come over to the UFC and be like, listen, Bellator is on a slope of an organization. We can do what you guys do. And, and I think he's carrying that like Bellator backpack. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like, hey, everybody left to go over there when their careers are done. I'm coming over here on my prime because I want to mm -hmm. beat the best of the best. Give me Iron Mike in this fight. Wouldn't be surprised if Charles Oliveira wins this. So. Yeah, he's, oh my God, his jiu-jitsu is absolutely phenomenal, man. Just watching it, you know, like I honestly just watch his, like his, his matches just to break them down and just to learn from them. But I think his chin, he's got a nice pointy chin, man. Yeah. And he like, and like, yeah, he knows how to, he knows how to dip his chin in. But for the most part, if Chandler's, if Chandler like fucking like grazes his chin he's going out he's going out cold like he knows that a chandler sits down on his punches way too much you know but like that i i feel like Ch if chandler keeps his hips away from from Oliveira, yeah and maybe fights him in uh southpaw and he's able to keep his uh keep his, uh, his hips away i think he could definitely win that fight i definitely have chandler because i think he's just way too strong for him but if that gets to the ground, Yeesh. you're about to see some top level jujitsu, man. From and I think, uh, yeah, Chandler has like a a purple belt. Or like yeah, a, and he's I, training yeah. with Kamara as well. Dude, that's insane. Kamara's yeah. a black belt. Yeah, there's actually a really cool video of of Chandler and and Kamara actually going back and I forth. Seen, I haven't seen that yet. It's or really like, cool. Uh, their their the jujitsu is either. insane. Um, but Chandler, I just think, like I said, he's been carrying that backpack of coming over to a different organization where typically people don't leave Bellator to come over to the UFC. It's just not something that really, really happens all that much. You saw Sergio Pettis leave and now he's a champ in Bellator. I mean, yeah. you see that more and more often, but you don't see it a ton with guys like, like, and Chandler, I think is just a freak. I mean, his hands are heavy and, and he has been a champ in this division, um, with a different organization, uh, twice. So I really do feel like he's got the opportunity of a lifetime here to be like just silencing the haters and be a three-time champion with two different organizations. It's pretty fucking unheard of. Um, yeah. But I, I think he's going to do it. Charles Oliveira, like you said, though, if this gets to the ground, this becomes a wrestling match. And mm. I like Oliveira's overall jujitsu a little bit more. A little bit more, but mm. I think Chandler knocks him out. I just yeah, I've got this really sneaky suspicion that Oliver is going to try a takedown and either an uppercut or an over the top right is going to sleep him. Yeah, I I can't wait for that card, man. Oh man, it's Shaking top to bottom. And also it. on that card, we should talk about the co-main event: uh, Tony Ferguson taking on Daenerys Manoush, who is man honestly coming up to be one of my favorite fighters. Uh, Daenerys doesn't care about what fucking happens in a fight. He just throws. He just yeah. hangs and bangs. And Tony Ferguson is the exact same guy. Yeah. Hangs and bangs. But I would say, though, from this perspective, Tony Ferguson has a lot more to lose in this fight than and than Denario because Denario it took this fight and was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight Tony and I'm gonna move up into the top five, mm -hmm. and, and I'm gonna become a contender in this division. Which, if you've ever watched Benusha's fights. He's forward. He's forward, forward, yeah. forward, forward. He's constant pressure is insane. But Tony Ferguson is also the exact same fucking fighter. Yeah. Moves forward, 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 forward. And I just mean, I don't know who to take in this fight. I really do think Tony probably wins this fight. Um, what are your thoughts? I got Benil, man. After uh, after Benil got knocked out by uh, fucking Alexander uh, Hernandez. Yeah. That fucking child of a fighter he just <laughs> went on it like yeah, yeah literally he just went on a like on a streak now he's like on a five fight winning streak or something like that four i yeah. think and honestly just seeing his style he constantly walks you down the whole time Crazy. it's just like his pressure is intense like you yeah. can't really can't really gauge where he's going to be striking from nuts uh from next yeah he doesn't really throw a lot of leg kicks so it's just like I don't know. I think Tony might be a little too spot, uh, a little too creative for him because I think Tony's gonna throw the whole fucking kitchen kitchen sink. Well, he has to because he can't lose yeah. again. Fuck no. And like, Benil's got a chin on him though, bro. Oh, he, he does. He's got a chin, man. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't. I don't fucking know. I got. I got. I got. Um, Benil for sure. 
if you want blood and you like blood, this is your fight because there yeah. will be blood. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime Tony Ferguson steps into the octagon, you can guarantee two things. Bows are getting thrown and blood's going to be shed. Um, and I think that's ultimately what's going to continue with, with this fight. I, I just think how elusive Tony is. I think it, I think Freddie, probably Freddie Roach has probably worked on his punching with him a little bit since uh, his last fight. I mean, Charles Oliveira took him down, just beat him up. I mean, that's all it was. Uh, Justin Gaethje, of course, we all know, just rocked that boy's world. Um, I, I just don't, I don't see that. Tony used to be, had this killer instinct with him. And he was one of the scariest guys for years. All we ever wanted was Habib versus Tony, Habib versus mm-hmm. Tony. And it was obviously delayed, delayed, never happened, never happened. But after watching him get beat up by Gaethje, I was like, I hope he comes back and is better. And then he came back and he wasn't better. And I think no. he needs to get back into that ortho- unorthodox random elbows that he throws and like that yeah. weird elusive takedown shit that he does and yeah. backpack guys again. Cause when he used to do that and backpack mm. guys, he just beat the shit out of them for like five rounds. And I'm just hoping that the old Tony shows up because if he loses this fight, he's on a three fight losing streak. And again, when guys get on this space and they they're getting up there in age, you start to worry about what's next. So, I mean, I like where this matchup is heading. I like Benush a lot, man. Denario Benush yeah. on a monster. Um, but speaking of that 262 fight, should the winner of McGregor and Poirier in July get a title shot next against whoever wins that? Uh, I want to say yes, but if Connor wins, then that's just like a what the fuck, you know? But yeah, I don't think he will, but. Uh, I think that I think that's justifiable. I think it is, but I th- I, th- I feel like Dustin's gonna want one more fight before he even goes for the belt after Connor after he beats Connor. Yeah, I think he's gonna want one more fight, and then he's gonna go for the because the belt's gonna be the belts. I think Chandler's gonna knock out Oliveira pretty quickly, and he's gonna want to get right back in there. So the belt's yeah. gonna be moving. You know, the belt's gonna be moving. It's gonna be moving away from him. So that fight might be the next fight after. Or it might be the next fight after, you know, after Chandler decides to, to carry the belt for a little bit. But for the most part, I don't know, man. Because to give Connor another shot off of one win, it's not justifiable. But like we've seen worse in the UFC. So, I mean, draws are draw. I mean, he's a draw, right? And I mean, at the end of the mm-hmm. day, now that crowds are back, Connor's going to sell tickets, man. That's exactly yeah. what he does. Um, their events already sold out. So, I mean, it is what it is, but I think, I think you're correct. I think if Connor wins, I don't want him to get an immediate title shot. I just, his record would literally be three and four. Uh, if he loses his next one, folks, Connor McGregor's two and five. And I just, it doesn't make sense to me logistically as to why he would get another shot right off the get go. But if, if Dustin Poirier wins this fight, a hundred percent, I mean, Dustin has already knocked him out once. If he be, if he beats him again at this 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 division, especially at 155, um, Dustin Poirier is a killer, man. Dustin Poirier doesn't get any respect like any of these top ten guys gets. It's mm. fucking mind blowing to me. Yeah. Um, he was slept on as a, as a underdog in that fight against the first time against Connor. Um, and listen, folks, remember that all those years ago when Connor was on top of the world, and he ended up beating Dustin. Said that it was his easiest matchup ever. I mean, I don't think Dustin was a great fighter then. I didn't think he was a great all-around fighter. And now I don't see a whole lot of holes in Dustin Poirier's game. I mean, right right around that time, he was coming off a knockout loss to Michael Johnson, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And Michael Johnson was a killer at that point. Yeah. Um, What a tale of two careers there. But uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, Dustin Poirier, right now, I think realistically, Dustin Poirier wins this fight. He gets a title shot. It's it's the fight to make. If Chandler ends up winning, I think Chandler and Poirier is fireworks. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a fight is fucking nuts says draw all over it. I would honestly hope that I am there for that fight Mm -hmm. and I can travel uh, because that is a fight that I would die to go see. Um, And then you got Justin Gaethje just kind of waiting in the winds. Yeah, he's kind of just helping people train right now. Yeah, I, I mean, good for him. He's taking some time away. I, I think he's going to come back. He's still in the top five. I think mm-hmm. that whoever loses this McGregor-Poirier fight is probably going to get Gaethje, would be my guy to take on. So if McGregor does lose and he's like, I want to fight again, I would think that you would give him Gaethje because that's been oh, a rivalry that's been brewing for years too. Um, And and Gaethje wants that smoke. So Yeah, yeah I mean, Gaethje wants the smoke. Connor don't. Connor don't, Connor want, don't want that, that smoke, that's, man. No. Gaethje is no. nuts. Yeah, he's, just, he's like he's just, batshit crazy. He's the he's the type of fighter that you 
He's the type because like Connor is so methodical in his striking, and like yep. even Dustin said in the last fight, like that's how he was able to time his jab so well because he was taking pictures. You know, he was sitting there, he would throw a jab and maybe catch him with the left, and then he would sit there and take pictures. Yep. Gage, he doesn't give a fuck about what kind of camera you're holding. You know, so he's gonna just he's just gonna bang with you. He's gonna sit there right in the pocket and he's gonna hit you and he's gonna hurt you. And yeah, that's gonna be a terrible, terrible matchup for Connor. But I don't like that matchup at all. One mm. matchup I am looking forward to though, UFC fight night coming up. Rob Font taking on Cody Garbrandt. Two guys coming off massive wins. Yeah. Um, Cody Garbrandt looking to rejuvenate his career um, in that fight back against uh, who the hell did he fight? That's actually who I'm searching right now. Who did he, he knocked, knocked him out, out cold? I'm just trying to remember yeah. a sense out. Half a sense He knocked wow. him fucking senseless with a right hand that came out of the heavens down from the fence <laughs> all the way to the top. Knocked out a sense out was crazy. Rob Font. Um, we're us here at Blue Collar are big fans of Rob Font, uh, Steve the General. Um, you can catch him at the General. Uh, he is uh, really good friends with Rob Font's training partners. So hopefully we can get him on the show Actually, too. Correction: He knocked out Marlon Moraes. It was uh, oh, a right, fight right, night right, right. For, uh, Thompson versus Neil. Ra- right, uh, right, uh, right. Rafael Santos was a, de- a decision win or decision right, loss. Right, right, right. Right, yeah. right, right. I was trying to remember which mm. one. He, yeah, it was Moraes that he fucking sent to the heavens, yeah. and that was a, that's a tough fight to come back to, especially mm. especially losing. But I mean, yeah, mm. that fight's going to be explosions, man. I think we're going to see a lot of fun, fast, fast feet work. Uh, you're going to see a lot of bombs being thrown. Mm. I, I'm taking Cody. Who are you taking? Fuck, man. I never even thought of this prediction. Really, oh man. I think I got. I I, got, I have to go with Font. I feel like Font, uh, his speed is too much. I feel like Co- Cody is very fast as well. And he's honestly one of my favorite counter-strikers. Yeah, his counter-striking is absolutely beautiful. Insane. He's hitting you with the me- – like the moment you swing anything, he's hitting you with two other things. You know, so like that, his counter-striking is amazing. But I don't know. Like I, I honestly got Rob. I honestly got Rob Font. Fine for that all right, fight. so we're split on that. That's okay. We're allowed mm-hmm. to be splits. It's all right. Mm-hmm. That's what, when mm-hmm. we watch fight cards, it's fun for us because we don't know. Exactly. exactly. We'll bet on that one. UFC 263, <laughs> yeah, Marvin Vittori taking on Israel Adesanya. Marvin Vittori has a win over Israel Adesanya. So we're going into the rematch part two. I think Adi, uh, Izzy is just an insanely good fighter. Obviously, we know that. Um, I want to see what happens because of this loss to Jan how that diminishes how he approaches the fight game. I don't think he's a guy who gets totally rattled. So I think he's probably going to be mentally sharp uh, and he's fighting at 185, his natural weight class. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvin Vittori just took on Kevin Holland on short notice after he was supposed to fight Darren Till. Till pulling out because of injury. Um, I really wanted that fight to happen because I think Vittori beat Kevin Holland, who's just not good. I mean, Kevin Holland's yeah. not a top 10 guy. He's a top no. 15, but he ain't a top 10. And I think that Darren Till fight would have really, really proved to me that whoever won that fight should fight Izzy next. Um, and then you got Robert Whitaker, who's just fucking sitting on the sidelines, licking his lips at whoever wins this fight because yeah, Robert Whitaker, yeah. Robert Whitaker is going to fight either of these men next. That mm-hmm. is going to happen. Um, I would love to see Robert Whitaker versus Vittori. I yeah. think that is fireworks. Um, Vittori looks strong. He looks like a fucking ox in there. Um, Kevin Holland doesn't have the most aggressive punching or aggressive counters like Izzy can throw. Mm-hmm. Um, Izzy is a nightmare matchup when it comes to Vittori's style, but Vittori beat him. So, yeah. I mean, I am very, very, very interested to see how this goes. I am going to take Izzy on the side of, I think he's going back to his normal weight class. He should be okay, but I wouldn't be surprised. I've had a lot of these. Wouldn't be surprised if Marvin <laughs> wins this. But uh, I'm, my heart says Izzy. Yeah, same here. But like, if uh, Vittori ends up winning, it's gonna be such an easy matchup for Whitaker, oh. Mr. Bumpy Knuckles. <laughs> like he's gonna, oh man, he's gonna take that to the wind, and he's just gonna. I don't even see that fight going out of the second round, honestly, because his pace is just it's way higher than the Vittori's. His striking is better. His wrestling is better. Just everything is Taekwondo is like all of that stuff, you know. So. I definitely see uh yeah I got I got Izzy. 
Yeah, just something tells me about Izzy just going back to 185, probably hung out with his his bros for a little while. He was. He actually hang out in in mm-hmm. uh, Cameroon there when fucking when uh, Francis won his title. He yeah. was partying with all his friends and stuff like that, which was awesome to see on a little flat screen TV. Just a humble mm-hmm. guy, man. I like Izzy a ton. Um, I think he just matched up horribly against Jan. I called that fight from day one that Jan was going to win it. He's just too big. Too powerful, and we saw that on display with his wrestling. Uh, 185 is Izzy's weight class all day long. Um, I th- if Marvin wins, Whitaker destroys him. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't even think it's close. Whitaker just coming off of a massive beatdown of Kelvin Gaslam. Um, I think the loser of this fight should fight Kelvin Gaslam. Yeah, and the winner fights sense. Whitaker. I mm-hmm. really think that's the, the fight to make because I think Vittori would have a hard time with Kelvin Gaslam. Mm-hmm. Kelvin yeah. Gaslam doesn't get finished. He is no, he hard, man. He yeah. is a hard fight for anybody. And Marvin Vittori um, would be in there with a killer who can take you down to the ground and equally wrestle you and be such a big body too. Um, but I think that's the fight to make. If Izzy loses, mm-hmm. you give him Gaslam for a tune-up fight almost. <laughs> if Vittori wins, you give him Whitaker. Same thing. Whitaker, no matter what, Whitaker is the number one contender. And that's just it's a no-brainer, I think, when it comes to that after watching that performance against Gaslam. Holy yeah. shit, Robert Whitaker is good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm going Izzy. I'm going Izzy with you on this one. Yeah. Um, so that that uh yeah, I think that I mean one prediction that I want from this weekend. We're gonna go back to UFC 262. Give me who you have in the title mm-hmm. fight and how do you think it plays out? Uh I got Chandler. Okay. I think Chandler, hmm. I don't know. I just see Chandler knocking him the fuck out. Maybe taking. Uh, I I feel like Chandler's gonna like surprise him a little bit, take him down, and maybe finish him on the ground. But that wouldn't be very smart for him. I don't think he wants to go to the ground. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. And he's a great wrestler. Like, yeah, Chandler's wrestling is out of this world good. It is. But Oliveira I, can tap you out anywhere. I can't really break that that fight down man i honestly can't wait till saturday to watch that oh it's gonna be such a great event man i'm mm-hmm. also looking forward to it i think Ch- i'm agreeing with you i think chandler ends up winning this fight uh it's not gonna be by yeah i think it's gonna be by knockout i think he's gonna clip Oliveira in the third round um i think charles is gonna try to feel him out a little bit too much and get and get tagged with an uppercut or get mm-hmm. tagged with that r- nasty right hand that fucking hooker took um and it's explosive so I'll- Chandler doesn't have anything to get like he doesn't have anything to get ready for when it comes to Oliveira like in the octagon. It's he him. doesn't have <laughs> yeah, he like like he doesn't actually have to like he doesn't have to like he doesn't have to get his timing down. He doesn't he just has to unload because like Oliveira's he's not gonna be expecting that coming into the first round, I think. He's not you gonna have to like betcha. I like yeah. the way that is. We're going to end it with that. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We absolutely appreciate you joining us for the last hour. Of course, this is the Boomtown Pod, all things MMA. Uh, we are brought to you by, of course, the Blue Collar Media Group. Thank you to our lovely folks over there. And, of course, the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, Direct West, Stellar Gear, and so many more. Uh, we will be probably doing some crazy giveaway, as we always do with major fight cards. So be paying attention to our fight facebook page at the boomtown pod you can check us out there for all the latest mma content um last uh shout out to noah pratt who is our winner of a ufc walkout shirt he took a kamara Usman t-shirt so he's going to be rocking that he said that he directly snapped me and said don't worry i'll be rocking that thing as soon as i get it so i'm really looking forward to that uh thank you justin great show fellas totally appreciate you tuning in much love um and yeah if you guys want any source of MMA news, follow me on Twitter at AndrewCon. Of course, to see the Boomtown Pod Facebook thing, you can follow my friend Sully over here at Better Call Sully. And yes. you can check us out again. Mainly our content gets pushed on Facebook, uh, the Boomtown Pod. Make sure to give us a like. If you don't want to like us, shitty on you. You can follow <laughs> us, though, if you'd like. But nonetheless, thank you guys for tuning in. We totally appreciate it. Until next week, we'll tune in later. <laughs>